The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. And welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Ryder Cat. You can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Needle on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. You got that sound effect that you have just heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the borough of Kings. We're a day late, but we have good reason for it. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I I was going to also uh, offer a go Brooklyn uh, if I had um, if I had pulled that, that uh, but I did not. So it's fine. But you can find this here podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's ESPN.us. Do it today. Uh, you can also find the, this podcast on your podcast pros or place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> We, as Agent 7 said, are here a day late and probably a couple of dollars short at this point. Uh, a couple of days before the new year. This is the last show of this year, 2023. Thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? We've been, I find myself saying this more and more, especially in the recent years. But yeah, 2023, go away now. Yes, yes, yes. Bye bye. We don't want you anymore. Um, and with that, we are have no shortage of things to talk about, uh, as per usual. I, I was going to actually make a joke about us doing our year-end wrap-ups, but I feel like we've, you know, <laughs> that rarely ever happens anymore. For uh, Right. Despite... right. It's hard to get the Voltron to form nowadays, so, you know, yeah. that includes just coordinating all of our efforts together. Pretty much. So it's kind of that thing as being that thing. But nevertheless, you have us. We're here. And, you know, if, if we end up doing that uh, sometime after the new year, we'll see how it happens, if it happens or, or not. But right now, what's that? I said exactly. But right now, we are going to talk a little about um, Marvel's What If, because it's since the last time. Uh, we recorded. Um, there have been a few more shows. Uh, right. In fact, was it like seven of them at this point? Right, seven or eight. Eight, eight total. And we, you know, when we re recorded our previous episode, which was uh, a little bit after uh, we normally record, we we didn't record on a Thursday last week, did we? I feel like we actually did. We did. We did. Oh wait, right. wait, hold on. I, actually, maybe we didn't. I don't think we did. Actually. 
Right. Point being that I I think by that point we had gotten two episodes in. Now we are eight episodes in. So we've gotten an additional six. And thus, with those six with those six additional episodes, I think Roddy Cat has not gotten up to our last current episode, which aired to, earlier today. So uh, I will ju- without mentioning anything about that episode, which aired today, I will say that overall, I appreciate where what they're doing with the what if. I still think that they are um, having fun with it. They're definitely, you know, getting some chuckles in when they can. Uh, I appreciate that they did, in fact, introduce a brand new MCU-only hero character in the course of this season of What If, which is not unheard of in the pages of What If. We have gotten What If, brand new characters out of What If issues in the comics before, so it stands to reason that we would also get new MCU characters out of the MCU animated What If. Um, The second season of What If follows in the footsteps of the first season in that there are a few interconnected stories that, you know, uh, there are a few ways that each story interconnects with each other. That's that, that I think that's the best way to put it. So, um, I, I like it. I know that I think I saw something on the, on the socials that, um, a friend of the show, William Bruce West is not a fan of the animation per se, but I have no problems with the animation. I, I think, you know, because it's different, I, I get a kick out of it. It, it it's got this kind of weird 3d texturing to it you know then i think that's i think that's probably what some if they do find it off-putting off puts them so or is off-putting to them mm-hmm. but i ultimately i ultimately like it i like the story i like and i won't hesitate to say this again and i'll hand it off to roddy cat with this i love the fact that they're able to get mostly all of the actors back from the MCU with some notable exceptions, namely Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson and Robert Downey Jr. But other than those three, they have had a pretty good track record of bringing back the voice actors from the movies, the actors from the movies to be the voice actors in the animated shows in the animated. What if that is right? Um, right. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, Some so you mentioned the new character um uh in the MCU and that is everything you said about that was true. I also suspect that from this this character is probably going to end up in the books at some point because that's kind of how things have happened. Uh, I would not be surprised. Yeah. And I, cuz I was thinking about that I was watching I'm like yeah, I, this is character which is not bad cuz the character you know, is not bad. What they what now we still need to see what they're going to do with this character. Um, which we have kind of, I feel like given what we know about this season, it feels like the connection is going to, going to happen uh, sooner rather than later. Now, whether this character kind of comes up, you know, uh, comes up um, to, let's say current times, then Mm -hmm. we did that part. We don't know yet, but other than that, you know, I've been also enjoying the the season as it it is. And uh, like agent center said, yeah, I didn't have a chance to, um, to, to see the tonight's or today's rather, but you know, it'll happen. So how many do we have left? Actually, I guess that is the question. I do not know because I know they said there's wait, I think they said 
Is he 13? I will check that out like very quickly. We but are the, all doing it. Yeah, we're all doing it. Because I thought nine it was something. episodes. There's only one more. Oh, so it's nine episodes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So tomorrow's the last episode. Okay. Well, man, maybe we should have pushed this till. T- <laughs> we should have pushed it to. It's the all right because at the end of the day, with our first show in the new year, we'll be able to talk about what if and as a as a whole. Right, and and our favorites from the, the from the season, right. Um, and I'm all yeah, okay, yeah, and I'm seeing what the next episode is uh, titled. So interesting. Okay, you mean tomorrow's episode? Yes. Gotcha. So okay, which that makes sense because yeah, that was a that was a part that I, I figured would have come in in this week's, which might have been the case. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Uh, shout out to Benji Games too, who who comes in. What um, how's it doing? Hope you had a good holiday. Um, yeah, hope things have been good for you. Uh, yes. Uh, what was I gonna say? There was something else I was gonna say about what if, but it's probably not as important, and I'm pretty sure it will be revisited by next week. That being said, though, um, yeah, I don't know. Like in season, um, the. Uh, Agent Seventy and I were were uh, talking about uh, the week, the yearly viewing Christmas viewing of Die Hard, and uh, seems like we got two of them <laughs> in a way because yep. of um, one episode of um, Good Your Way, Good Good Good, yeah, because of uh, an episode early on, um, which of what if heavily yes of what if that was heavily influenced by uh die hard in the best possible possible ways so uh there was some good stuff in, in that including shouted out uh, a couple of times so you know yeah. you can't go wrong with that um that being said i think we're done with uh what if yep and we can talk about monarch yes uh eight to seventy is going to talk about because i did not have a chance to I watched this week's episode yet, and he has. So uh, we're uh, it's it's all on him for that one, right? So ultimately, because Roddy Cat will absolutely catch up with this episode sometime today, tomorrow, later today, tomorrow, uh, over the weekend. I'm not going to spoil it. I will say though that the way this episode ended was most certainly a cliffhanger. And made me sit up and say, wait a second, wait, oh, it's episode 8, I believe, of 10, which gives us two more episodes of Monarch story to be told. And I really appreciate, and I cannot say enough about this series, I really appreciate the storytelling here. And I think the acting is top notch. I, you know, I've never seen the actress that plays Dr. K. Muir before, but she's excellent. The actor that plays Bill Randa is also very good. And I give um, Kurt Russell a lot of credit for just being kind of like a very muted jerk face in this show. Right? It's very muted. He's not like an overt jerk face, but, you know, it's there. And it, it comes out on occasion and it's very amusing. Yeah, I think I said during, I might have even said during the course of the show, but I know when we were talking about it behind the scenes, uh, that he pretty much sounds like uh, an older version of Jack, his his character Jack Burton from um, right. 
uh, from Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it still kind of feels that way to me. So, you know, as potentially problem- problematic as that movie kind of might still be at this point, I don't know, but I still love that movie. So I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Some would say is Kurt Russell being Kurt Russell, but I'm not, you know, I mean, he, you know, sure. Or Tango and Cash, actually, because now that I think about it, Tango and Cash, he was kind of a similar jerk in a way. Um, but nevertheless, um, still got some some good Kurt Russell going on in here. Like I said, I haven't, uh, even if I have not seen this uh, current episode. Uh, mm. With that, we're going to push on to, I guess, what did we say? The books at this? Books of the week. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start off with excuse me, Timeless 2023, number one. Timeless 2023 or 2023-2024 is written by Lansing and Colin Kelly with art by Juan Cabal, colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So in the tradition of these timeless issues over the last, what, three years, maybe four? Has it been four years already? That sounds about right. Might have been uh, definitely three. Uh, I'm not sure right. if it's four. This might be the fourth. Mm. This I'm might sure. very well be the fourth version of Timeless. And the ongoing uh, motif here is that there is a way that the future year and change worth, uh, year one year's worth and change worth of storytelling is basically laid out with a very in very broad strokes in a very uh you know in in a in a way to tease what's happening without giving us an exact roadmap and the storytelling uh, uh, the way they frame this particular story is very interesting because it involves future versions or old man versions of characters we have not yet seen like in the pages of old man logan for example we have not seen these characters in those old man stories so it's very interesting to see what this what these writers foresee in store to be in store for these characters and i'll hand it off to roddy cat yeah um so one, I just found out is this is the third one actually. Oh, so this is the third. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so we've had two by Jed McKay before. Correct. Got and it. Then, yes. Um, and I'm kind of wondering if this is if that is going to be the thing. It's like okay, they're going to hand it off to a couple to to a new person or new people every couple of years or so. I don't know. Um, but regardless, yeah, there's there are some. Interesting tidbits in here. I think uh, Age of Seventy might have mentioned. Uh, so I apologize. I wasn't. I, I was kind of halfway listening because I was looking at something. But um, um, uh, definitely the, the whole like, hey, well, here's some things that are going to happen during the course of the year. Like I know he said that, but also there's a couple of things uh, that are going on at this particular point right now. Like two things, at least two things in there were like stuff that's happening in the next issue of two books that are coming which granted still counts as the future but it's, it was still kind of weird to see them yeah it's the very near future it's probably because it only i think seems that way to us because it's like we're literally at the cusp of the new year 
So it right. makes sense that they would include that because even if the book is dropping next week, it still counts as being part of, you know, future of Marvel, at least in the next year. Right. And when these books are, were, you know, were done, were probably a couple of months ago and along with, you know, the couple of books that, uh, that have it that way. So yeah, it's, it kind of stands a reason it, it is not a not a thing that's bothering, but it was just something that's noticeable, you know. So I was kind of curious, which right. realistically, in the, in the last couple of them, I'm still kind of wondering if a couple of them from that last one still hasn't uh, come about from the from the, the last year's McKay one, because I'm still kind of curious about that. But regardless, there are some interesting ones of which we will, you know, if you haven't read it, um, you know, it would this would we we be spoilers for. Um, in fact, there's some news that, that I put in that will probably be spoilers for, for that later on. So I probably won't save that for then, but regardless, a couple of interesting things, um, that I won't go into, but there was a couple of them was like, wait, what is going on here? Just because it was a thing with the FF, uh, with, with the panel that they were, uh, they were doing, right. Um, there was a there was a panel with Miles that was kind of curious, and I'm not sure if they had anything to do with the surrounding panels, mm-hmm. which had to do with an event uh, that is coming up, if I remember right. correctly. So, right, I saw some, I saw, I saw something that was very reminiscent of Civil War, and I thought, yes. oh wait, that might be Ultimates. Ooh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, like, if they're going to do, I saw that, I was just kind of like, oh, that might be an Ultimates. I well one I kind of hope but also kind of don't because because my my um thing was oh god not another civil war especially with these two mm-hmm. <laughs> but now that you say that it could be something from the ultimate universe that makes a little bit more sense I still kind of don't want it but as but since it's there and not in you know the six one six right I'll, I'll allow it because it's not happened well it probably has happened but I don't remember it if it did right. um. So yeah, that that makes a little bit more sense than them doing another <laughs> another um uh, uh civil war here. Cuz I don't think the last one was that well received. I know we didn't care too much about it. Right, 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 right. So for for whatever the, that amounts to um but yeah, like I said, if you um I Yeah, what I, happened to that character that could tell the future? Like yeah, whatever. Right. Right. Yeah, that was the whole the crux. Yeah, we've not seen that, no hair of that Joker, um, which I feel like they probably dealt with him in some sort of way where we might, you know, somebody will dig him up in the next fifty years or something. I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's because Civil War Two was their favorite crossover event. Right. Because that's how it works. <laughs> right. Or you know, I don't know, uh, Hickman like, hey, we yeah, we're doing this again, but we're, mm-hmm. we're flipping it to something that's actually. <laughs> that's actually good, you know. With one for jumbo coming in, right? We're gonna retcon all of that and and um and and, and throw this in here, some some some, right. some seasoning, some flavor, if you will. Um, but uh, yeah, that so was timeless. Uh, twenty twenty three, twenty four. Uh, number one. I, I'm still gonna call it twenty 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 three because it's, that's when it came out. Um, because I think the other ones were timed on the year that they came that they came out with. So got it. God. I always look at it as you know, it's it's a bridge into the new year. So. It is, yeah. So but, it's no, it makes sense. It makes sense how you know the the the, the what you call it the uh, that they don't name that they don't number it so that you know people don't get confused. But the publication date 
you know, clues us in as to when, you know, uh, what time, it, when it's supposed to apply. So, but in any event, yeah, but I still hate it. Split. What's that? Yeah, but I still hate it because like, like we said earlier, it's like, yeah, like, come on, <laughs> come on. President Bartlett, come on, President Bartlett, let's move it on along. Much next. All right. Next up is uh, we're going to get into some Gang War stuff with Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, uh, Gang War number one. Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, Gang War number one is written by Greg Pak with art by Kayo Mahado, colors by Jim Campbell, and letters by VC's Travis Lanham. So um, in this crossover story, we get some, some you know, uh, back. So what was once background music or noise in the pages of Spider-Man more fully fleshed out because we see the factions that are duking it out on the borders of Chinatown in Manhattan and uh, the Five Weapons Society and uh, the other groups, including Mr. Negative's group, as well as what's the other group? The Vampires? Uh, the Vampire Nation is what I've seen. Right. Right. But. Right. I know there are a bunch of vampires that hang out near Chinatown. I th- I forgot if they had a, a name. I mean, I could always pull up the book because I think they go they, they they refer to them by the leader's name. Mm. And but the bottom line is we get in we get some insight into that and there is some infighting in the ranks of the Five Weapons Society, which is not, you know, not nothing new. This seems to be the going uh storytelling mechanism that they've used to illustrate how the underlings that Shang-Chi has inherited are not necessarily in the business of uh, being do-gooders. You have Spidey and uh, the gang war jump in to, you know, to help illustrate that. And we have some fun uh, background stories being told about uh, when Wu teaching Shang-Chi certain things. Ultimately though, this is something that Radhika and I discussed in our pre-production meeting. Ultimately, though, what we get in this issue is a way to make the playing field more level when it comes to Shang-Chi, taking on the characters and general henchmen and henchwomen that will be running around during New York City's gang war. You know, we're talking about making him less powerful, and you can kind of think that there's something that has made him a lot more powerful that is very much MCUification that uh, they have to deal with uh, to make things more street level for Shang-Chi in this miniseries. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. There's really, really not much to say. Because, matter of fact, this is probably going to be similar um, with the rest of these Gang War books. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much else to say about uh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, so that's, that's pretty much that. Alright, next up. Uh, much next. Next is Miles, right? That is the case. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 14, is written by Cody Ziegler, with art by Federico Vicentini, colors by Brian Valenza, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Uh, I will hand this very quickly off to Roddy Cat, but I will start off by saying that this issue is... Chock full of guest stars, and it's just a mishmash of guest stars as the gang war starts to heat up in the pages of Miles. And I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, 
I, I slightly enjoyed this book because of that, but at the same time, it's still a gang war tie-in. It's like, okay, yeah, so here's what what Miles and his uh and his uh folks are doing. So on one hand, we got um, you know, um, old Uncle Prowler <laughs> sending some folks after uh after Miles, uh, but also Miles getting into a fight with the the what they call them the the Cape Killers, uh, right? Those enforcing the the um. Uh, the uh, anti-vigilante uh, law that is still right, ongoing. Like, they're still going on. They're still yeah. like that. These cop, these cape, these cape catchers, cape killers are only active in the pages of Miles. Right. So yeah, because we don't really see it much in, in the other places. So it's like, oh, okay, sure. Um, exactly. But yeah, but then so we got that, and we got Miles, and Misty, and and Colleen kind of kind of doing their thing uh, with against them before. You know, uh, things change, uh, change over. So there's a lot going on in this issue, as Agent Agent Seventy said. It's like weirdly a, a lot for for an, a gang war tie-in. So we got you know Hobgoblins doing some stuff. Like we got this stuff over here with the Cape Killers and and um, the Enforcers and, and whatnot. Um, there was a part that tickled me that um, um, that uh, is basically when we see uh, Peter. And uh, Peter and Jen uh, talking to Miles, and then we have this other faction that's talking to somebody on these holographic phones, and they're just kind of sparring with each other on these on these holographic phones. That was kind of funny to me. I'm like, where did they get these phones from? <laughs> like, there's some Star Trek. I, mean, I got about? a kick out. I got a kick out of it because essentially what it is is they're pointing their phones at each other and doing right. FaceTime, Skype. You know, right. Right, but in this case, they just have holograms instead of just actually pointing the phone. So I was like, right, that's right, that's right. some funny mess. So, um, and of course, there was some wrestling jargon in there. I was like, okay, now I might have to turn, I might have to stop reading this book. <laughs> <laughs> but the end of this issue was the one where I had the most questions about because things have, have happened in the last couple of months uh, with a certain character that shows up here. And I was like, wait, did Miles not know that they were back? I could have sworn that they were uh, they were back around again, but he seemed genuinely surprised uh, about. We'll find out more in the next issue, I think. Right. So I was like, was that a thing, or, or is this the first time he's actually realizing that this that, that that's a thing? So, regardless, like I said, it was a good issue. Just a whole lot going on for for a for a game world tie in that's not you know Peter's book, right. Uh, lastly, in the um, in the um, uh, gang war territory, we have Spider Woman number two. Spider Woman number two is written by Steve Fox, with art by Carola Borelli, colors by Arif Prianto, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So I need to actually pull this issue up because I do not remember very much of what happens here so if you want to pick this up roddy cat please do sure um after the events of uh last issue uh, jen's been on the hunt for well and her uh insertion into gang war um uh she's pretty much going after diamondback which right. if for those that have been around marvel comics for a good while you may or may not recognize that there's been a couple of them one of which uh, dated uh, one Steve Rogers. Right, that's the Serpent Society Diamondback. Correct. 
So this is the Luke Cage related character. Correct. So uh, that being said, it would still that was still like wait which one we talk well is would well either way that one thing that tickled me because like well we did see that one recently in another book uh, in the other one so it's not like the other one's not around but it's it is what it is but regardless people are making plays for various um, areas of uh, New York still Diamondback being one of them Jess is kind of on his trail because they have history and 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 uh, and um, beef. And we also, and I can't remember if this was because I read both issues back to back, or I reread the first issue, I should say, um, back to back. I suspect that there is a character that has, was introduced in the last issue and going into this one that just goes up against, that's going to be someone very familiar to her, just uh, aged up. I have a sneaking suspicion of that. Okay. Because just uh, uh, in before gang war happened or, or she got, you know, got, got, uh, got brought into gang war. She was looking for someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, I think she, she's, she still is while she's doing this, but I, I'm thinking those two things are going to, um, intertwine in, in a way. Don't ask me how I would know that outside of comics, but I feel like that is the thing that they would do in, in this case. Um, also, is it the character that rhymes that rhymes with La Bamba? Yep, <laughs> that's the one. Oh um, my god! Rest in peace, Kobe. Um, but yeah, uh, um, we got a we got a cameo by uh, the OG I thought you were going to say rest in peace, Richie Valens too. Well, uh, sure, I could say that too, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in, in relation to the character, yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, we got a cameo from the OG uh, Nightshade, uh, who's, who's kind of floating around, and her her niece. Um, right, that's some. That was a, a development from the pages of I want to say Black Panther. Well, her being around, yes, but the the, the, ch- the character the, change, yes, but the legacy character is I think from well. They pointed to Marvel voices, but I've seen the character, but I feel like I've seen that character showed up as that someplace else also. So we'll just right. give it to Marvel I, voices. I, I know that Nightshade is, has, has come out as kind of handing off, handing off, handing it off as a, as a legacy right. uh, uh, mantle in the pages of Black Panther. And I don't recall right. reading that issue of voices. So, right. you know, okay. Right. So no, I'm not sure. That's the thing. Like, you know, try to try to do some things here and there for 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 uh, older characters, you know, either point them out or make some use of them one way or the other. You know. But regardless, uh, that's pretty much what we've got going on. And, and of course, we've got, you know, Hydra, uh, Diamondbacks running around with Hydra. So therefore, Madam Hydra's around. And that's also another old um, Spider-Woman uh, villain. So she's she's got her hands full <laughs> getting into things. Uh, and that's pretty much it for the uh, gang war territory. And I think, unless no, well, no, we'll we'll, we'll keep it at that. Um, because I know we still have some books in common that are will be hit in rapid fire. Yeah. Um, but actually, you know what? No, I I want to call attention to one other book since it's probably about to end anyway. Go ahead. Well, since it is going to end anyway, right? Which... It's going to end in the next issue. Yep. Um, uh, Avengers Inc. number four. 
Avengers Inc. number four is written by Al Ewing with pencils by Leonard Kirk, colors by Alex Sinclair, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. So this, as Rodicat just mentioned, is... Well, he didn't exactly say this, but we both know this to be true. This is the penultimate issue of this series. Al Ewing was smart enough to set up a five-issue arc. And I presume that's why this book is canceled after the fifth issue, so that they have exactly five issues to put into a trade paperback. Bottom line, though, is that its cancellation is a shame because this book is so well-written. It's Al Ewing, after all. And I like how they're, the, the, the characters are just very much uh, – I don't know about the characterization so much, but also we have not been with a particular character that is featured in this issue or these issues for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. some things have happened maybe a little off screen or off the page that are made more clear here in this issue. And I will say that ultimately, I just think this this story is just you know so well written in the sense that the characters are just interacting with each other, like jump, almost jumping off the page. Their 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 dialogue is almost jumping off the page. And I had a lot of fun reading this issue. And I'll hand it off to Radigat. Yeah. So this is a particular click of the week for me, and I think. If I'm reading Agent 70 right about the off-screen stuff, it might be the stuff uh, that came from, once again, Al Ewing written um, the Ant-Man miniseries. Yes. Yeah. So, so I know Agent 70 didn't read that, but I did. Now, even with that, there is a part of that revelation that did kind of seem like, wait, I don't, I read that whole thing and I don't remember that one particular part that gets revealed here happening, but right. I can see where it makes sense here. So that might be a, a, a thing. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised it didn't tie in the, the, the Wasp mini, which is also, well, Al Ewing also written, but so I kind of wondered from that Ant-Man series that whether something was going to come back, but at the same time we knew from the Wasp series that we were getting this book. Um, so, that all kind of makes makes a whole lot of sense. That being said, um, going back to what Agent 70 said about uh, the five-issue arc, I kind of wonder... So, I know writers had gotten into a point in the last few years to... Uh, and I don't know if Al uh, Ewing was uh, subject to this or not, but they pretty much have to write... Like, they pretty much have to write themselves... Uh, their ending because they don't know how the book is going to last mm-hmm. or they end up doing that. And that is thinking that might be more of the case here than that's just how he wanted to end it. Right. But we don't know that for certain, but it, it to me, it kind of feels like that knowing that the book is going to end and they just kind of shuffled to the script that we had getting to that point. So I don't know. Maybe I'm giving a little bit too much credit, but I know that is a thing that writers have had to do that has, well, some writers have done, uh, put it that way, in the past few years because of not knowing when, how long the book is going to add last and just going ahead and having that part hashed out. You know, and it's just a matter of getting from here to there and or, you know, patting, patting out from here to there or whatever the case may be. So, 
Uh, that being said, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to miss this book. The, the revelations that we had in this book, I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Right. Where are we going to go with it now that this book is going to go, if anything? Like, I don't know if the, if the, if the next issue is just going to say, oh, nope, this, this is that. We'll take care of that off the board. Or if this, or if this is going to show up someplace else. Or some of this is going to show up someplace else. So, don't know. Regardless, good stuff. I, I hate to see this book go. Um, and that being said, I guess we can go ahead and go into the rapid fires. Rapid fire reviews. I ain't got time to read. First up for me is Titans Beast World number three of six. It's written by Tom Taylor with art by Lucas Meyer. Colors by Romulo Fajardo and letters by Wes Abbott. We're halfway through this Beast World, uh, you know, miniseries and event. And, you know, the heroes are really no closer to figuring out a way to stop what's going on with. I don't want to necessarily spoil it, but we're three issues in. I don't know if Roddy Cat's ever going to pick this up, but he has a very general idea of what the premise here is, is that um, Gar Logan, a.k.a. Beast Boy, has basically taken on the characteristics of Starro the Conqueror and has basically created little Starros or what they call Garros, oh gosh, um, to um, you know, to uh, infest the world, but what ends up happening is that these little Garo uh, starfish get swallowed by um, superpowered people, and they become animals. Uh, you know, one of the one of the quirks here is that the starfish or the garfish are jumping from uh, human to superhuman to try to get more powerful. That's, you know, kind of a little tweak that is in this particular story. Ultimately, though, what's interesting to me is that the story is being told very much with an idea towards developing more power for Amanda Waller. So we'll see how this goes going forward. Next up is Black Panther number seven. I know that I believe Roddy Cat read this also. It's written by Eve L. Ewing with pencils by Chris Allen and Mac Chater. Inks by Craig Young and Mac Chater, just like Uniblab. Colors by Jesus Bertov and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So what's interesting here is that um, one of – I forget which character breaks it down to T'Challa uh, – that he needs to be more uh, more ingrained in the workings and day-to-day living of the people of uh, Birnin T'Chaka. And with that, he's able to figure out what's going on because the very first part of this issue is a direct continuation of the previous issue – and things don't go exactly the way T'Challa wants them to. And because that happens, he is even more sought after, even more on the run than he was at the beginning of this whole story, uh, now that he is kind of uh, persona non grata in Wakanda. Anything to add? 
Yeah, the the character that you're speaking of is the I believe he's a lawyer character. I believe his name is Niobe or something like that. Um, okay. Yeah, but yeah, that is the one. So, and that part was kind of funny to me because it kind of reminded me of a um, uh, MCU uh, Steve Rogers getting in his list. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so that was like, okay, no, I said, you need to do this, get this, like, Trouble Man. He didn't say Trouble Man, but you know, but that kind of situation felt like the, right. the Star thing Wars. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so. <clears throat> Like uh, yeah, have you seen this one? No, no, no. You got to get around, get around another place, which makes sense. I also said, I think I said in my notes, it was that plus a little bit of Batmaning because you know, you know, Batman's in a situation he knows the layout of the place because you know preparation or whatever. Another, but I'm still sticking to the, the Captain America thing. Anyway, gotcha, gotcha. All right, next up is next up is Captain Marvel number three. It's written by Alyssa Wong with art by Ruriri Coleman and Jan Basil Dua. Colors by Brian Valenza and letters by VCs Ariana Mar. We're getting more information as to how the new version of the Captain Marvel slash civilian character. This this time it's played by a new character. The Rick Jones is played by a new character who is kind of a ne'er do well. She's a, a a mystical. She's a thief of mystical items. And that leads us to kind of a crossover with not just uh, the old trope. It's kind of a trope. Uh, you know, we've seen it in the in the in the Marvel's movie of uh, clanging bands together to switch places. Um, but we also have um, a connection to magic here and. If you're in the magic realm or the magic corner of the Marvel Universe, who do you call? Doctor Strange and now um, Clea Strange as well. And both of those characters make an appearance in this issue. So it's kind of fun just to see uh, Clea and Stephen Strange, you know, interacting with the greater Marvel Universe in other issues, in other comics. So um, I'll give this, uh, you know, this series uh, some more run to see where this goes. Because, you know, it's kind of interesting that they would resurrect this particular story, uh, story idea, you know, of um, clanging the uh, the nega bands together because that was never part of Carol's run as Captain Marvel. But because of the movie, it's definitely a hint of MCUification. But there is no Kamala in sight. That's the difference. Next up is Immortal X-Men number 18. It's written by Kieran Gillen with art by Juan Jose Rip. Colors by David Curiel and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. I believe Roddy Cat read this book too. All I'll say in this issue is that we finally get some idea of what Mother Righteous, uh, you know, how how her story not maybe not ends, but how her little reign of terror uh, ends. But uh, we still will have to see how the group that she has been. Uh, I guess working with or, 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 or kind of tailing or, or kind of tagging along with the group of mutants that uh, left Krakoa, how they are all going to try to figure out how to leave the white hot room. Yes. And uh, much to agent 70 chagrin, it seems to be all up to destiny. Oh, can, <laughs> can I tell you, I groaned every time they had her do something in this issue. <laughs> Freaking destiny. 
I loved it because uh, I because as soon as I saw, it, I was like, yeah, he's gonna have he's gonna have a time with this. So yeah, we do get um we do get to know what um Mother Righteous is deal with. She's pretty much been playing a fairly long con during the course right. of uh, this sins of sinister, and I guess uh some would argue Hoxbox in general, but I'm not that that part is not not entirely sure, but definitely since uh since the sinister and whatnot um and just like um miles i guess we do have a couple of things going on because yeah because we have that part going on uh and then on the other side of that which seems to be coming from the other way we have xervia and i'm calling shadow sinister kind of breaking into um muir island uh right. to get some information on seemingly the same thing that um that um that mother righteous is trying to get to so I'm I'm only assuming that they're and that whole thing with Gene and the miniseries and and you know where the the mutants are and everything is kind of playing into all of that. Um and there well there is a revelation at the end that there's a there is another and not a Skywalker um the sinister that is floating around but but I think they've been they've been kind of talking about that and I think we even questioned about who or what that might be um in, in the past but it's never really shown itself until i guess the next issue or wherever it's going to show up so and it seems to be if i read that right it seems to be a little bit more ai focused mm-hmm. so that's not going to be good to have a if, if, it's, if it's an ai sinister floating around <laughs> the actual sinister was bad enough you know right. and and these other three or four excuse me there's other four that's been floating around so an AI one is definitely not going to be good. Yeah, an AI Sinister will be that much more annoying. Exactly. Because so. they have written Sinister out to be... He used to be literally Sinister back in like the Sylvester Claremont days when he was mm-hmm. first introduced. Mm-hmm. He's not so Sinister. He's just annoying now. Yeah, kind of... So. I, I don't want to say he's a joke because he's still kind of a threat, but but still on, uh, kind of a joke in a way. He's more annoying than anything. Right. So... um. And, you know, listen, minor annoyances uh, added up over time can be major pains in the neck. Um, I wanted to circle back very quickly to uh, Black Panther. Okay. Because at the end of Black Panther number seven, we oh, get yes. cameo appearance on the cliffhanger page of a character from the X-Books that I did not expect to see. So I'm glad you mentioned that, yeah, because I had it in my notes, and and also was uh, referenced in Timeless, by the way, that that, that, that this uh, was uh, was going to happen. So yeah, as soon as the last name of that person sh- uh, came up, I should have put two and two together. I didn't. I, I didn't saw. Either. I had to flip. I had to flip back and be like, oh, I was like, oh, freak, right? That is that person's last name. I was like, what? Because I was first. I was like, wait, what is she doing? Oh, right, right, yeah, right, right, right. right. So anyway, getting back to Rapid Fire, mm-hmm. next up for us, for myself, but I know that Roddy Cat read this also, is Sensational She-Hulk number three. It's written by Rainbow Roll with art by Andre Genolet, colors by D. Cuniff, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. So <laughs> I love that Rainbow Roll has gotten a chance to continue to write She-Hulk. I still hate the fact that they have rebooted this series a couple of times because we're literally just picking up right where she left off in the previous volume, including these annoying characters who want to be Gamma and try to perfect the whole 
human being gamma uh, formula. I'm like, what? These annoying people, right? But at the same time, I get it. This is not an unheard of storyline, you know, a type of story being told where, you know, these ca- these these uh, uh, characters, whether or not they're truly villainous or not, gain their powers because they're trying to mimic what happened to a previous group of characters, you know, a previous character that became a hero, you know, i.e., or no, let's say E.G., for example, the UFOs. Right. We're basically dealing with another version of the UFOs. The UFOs wanted to be wanted to undergo the same cosmic ray bombardment that uh, gave the Fantastic Four their powers. But they you know, these were not exactly the nicest of people. So this is another version of the UFOs. I will say that um, the best part of this issue was the part with the Hulk who we're not sure exactly what type of influence Banner has in this version of the Hulk right now, but the between the Hulk and She-Hulk, I and I particularly enjoyed the uh, the interactions that the two of them had with each other. Right, they had a little heart to heart. Right, anything else to add? Yeah, outside of the fact that they had a little heart to heart with each other, which was pretty much the end of you know the. The, the majority of this book, with the exception of the first part, where, yeah, I didn't think about the UFOs part with this, but it's definitely, I, I see where you're coming from with that. Because basically the beginning part was like, hey, these people are still here. And as Agent 70 said, you know, yeah, this is the thing, like, the continuation of Rainbow Royal Store is not nothing new because they did the same thing with, like, Silk and, well, Silk is probably the most recent one. Uh, I think they did also did it with uh, Gwen, Spider-Gwen a couple of times, right. so. Right, um, right. So that is a thing that's been going on, which is, you know, good and bad, you know, whatever. But we did get a new the, this uh, this new Hulk that we got that is apparently going away from the original mission, um, as Agent Seventy kind of kind of alluded to. It was like, yeah, they wanted to do this, but one didn't get it, and the other one did, and now one's kind of running a milk, and the other wants to try to help them, um, uh, and that's not going well at this point. So and now right. there's just shuffling out. So the rest of the issue is the heart to heart between Jen and the Hulk, so. right? And that's a that 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 is a heck of a villain code name. Yes, that they come <laughs> up. I was like, really? Right. I'm like, oh, okay. So that was that was pretty much the crux of that part of the issue. It was like they just wanted to put that out there, and then before they get into, you know, the, I the Hulk, so. am right anti. Right, that's essentially what she's called herself. She's the mm-hmm. anti. Right, like, but anyway, yeah, no, you're not. But okay, sure. Anyway, and, I'm the anti Hulk. Right, that's essentially what you know what what right. that stands for. You know. Right. Um, last but not least, for me is X Force number forty seven. It's written by Benjamin Percy with art by Daniel Picciotto, uh, colors by Guru EFX. Not Guru, it's Guru EFX. That's a bad typo by me. And letters by our favorite lettering Python. VC's Joe Caramagna. X-Force in this issue is regrouping. They are getting ready to set up a base for the mutants that are left on Earth. Wolverine has found his way to the team. Well, actually, the team has found Wolverine. And... Bottom line, they are trying to put together a new version of X-Force to try to, 
uh, fight back against the forces of Orcus and all the other people that are looking to uh, snuff out the rest of mutant kind. That's the crux of this issue. That's it for me. Handing it off to Rodicat. Well, alrighty then. I was going to ask you. I, I assume this has nothing to do with that saber tooth war, or nothing. Nothing. Nothing in this book Not has yet. had anything to do with that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I think they make mention of it. Right. They make mention of Sabretooth. So I think uh, that's going to be an, uh, uh, a story plot point mm. at some point in the pages of X-Force and Wolverine very soon before the Sabretooth War stuff starts. Right. Gotcha. All right. First up for me, two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Saturday Morning Adventures continued number eight. Uh, and boy, was this an issue, folks. Um, so story by Eric Burnham, art by Sarah Meyer. Um, letters by Ed Dukeshire and colors by Luis Antonio Delgado. So, if if you did not know, this is in uh, uh, during the time of the animated series, the '80s animated series, the, the original '80s animated series. Just uh, for for clarification, because I know there's been a, a few different turtle shows um, lately. So this goes. This is the book that goes on in the world of that, and. Um, Let's just say that the turtles are going, if you, you're watching the video version, you can see the cover. There is a, and then uh, Agent 70 will catch this reference, a mixoplittle um, type character that they go up against. I'm going to still call him mixoplit because that's what I grew up doing, but I just had to try. I to know, it's not mixoplitlick to us. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, there is that character, and that is a character that was that did show up in the uh, cartoon. In fact, this uh, issue, uh, in fact, that character references that um, episode that they show up in during the course of this issue. The funny part about it is um, the turtles are, go are on trial from this character um, for doing things like breaking the fourth wall and such like that. But this character being a uh, Mr. Plick X-esque character feels above all of that. And they kind of get rid of him in a way that one might, without having to do the, the whole backwards name thing, they get rid of him in a kind of a similar way that uh, one would get rid of uh, a uh, Mr. Plick. So, yeah. It's a... And also, one of the turtles, Raphael, is pretty much done with tropes. So it it was a um, an amusing episode or issue all the way around for for all of that. Next up for me um, is Duke number one of five from Skybound Entertainment and uh, Image, um, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Tom Riley. Colors by Jordi Belair and letters by Russ Wooten. This is another potential click of the week for myself. Um, and I start off my note saying, didn't you read this rap sheet? Man of Action, which is also the title of uh, this issue. Because, of course, you have to have that in here. So this takes place um, after Duke's cameo appearance in the most recent uh, Transformers issue. Um, but it does start off with, of course, people getting familiarized or re-familiarized with uh, Duke's accomplishments in this uh, in this particular version of him. This is not a real American hero version, but it's still Duke nonetheless. So uh, from that, you know, 
him uh hawks wants to put him back in command but because of the fact that duke's like nah i just saw a, a plane turn into a freaking robot somebody's gonna listen to me <laughs> i need to find some answers hawks and hawks like nah maybe you need to take some time off now we don't know whether hawk knows more than he's saying or whether he just doesn't believe him you know but duke being duke was like nope i'm a f- i'm going to find out what's going on for myself so he kind of goes off and do that and he ends up running into some cobra shit um, that being more specifically, actually, some cobra shit dealing with a certain um metal masked uh second in command of Cobra, and um that the business therein, uh, and of course he runs afoul of trouble, uh, and kind of gets his way out of that, but um also kind of causes trouble or comes into contact and causes trouble from a call back to the first issue of the Marvel G.I. Joe series, which is funnily enough, um, a, a, a thing which I vaguely remember, but I, you know, I read re- as of recently, I was like, oh, right, that's that character, um, which is furthering things, furthering his, uh, investigation of thing. And at the end of this, uh, because of, uh, because of, um, you know, Dick Duke kind of getting into trouble, let's just say, a proto version of the Joes are formed in order to bring him in. Um, or what could very well be the Joes, uh, the, the version of the team of Joes that we're going to see in the book uh, when it, whenever it comes out uh, next year. So uh, this was actually a, a, a double sized book. It didn't say that, but this was like 43 issues uh, for 43 pages uh, in, in this, uh, as opposed to the standard 23. So they really wanted to kind of start this out on the thing. I don't know if the rest of the series is going to be that way, but it, you know, it started off with enough meat in it. That's I'll, I'll say to kind of get people curious. Uh, and also I think they still had the, the Cobra commander, um, preview in here, which I think is next off the bat. Anyway, uh, next up for myself is actually my last book. And that is, uh green arrow number seven of 12 so yeah we found out recently i think we talked about last week that um it was supposed to be a mini series uh, a six issue mini series but they um but they um expanded it to 12 um so this is also written actually by joshua williamson with art by carmine gian domenico excuse me and trevor harrison uh, with colors by Romulo Fajardo. Wow, that's a lot of typos here. Uh, Fajardo Jr. And letters by Troy Pateri. Uh, not with um, VC at this particular, um, with this particular book, because that's, that's a Marvel thing. Either way, um, there is a page before the story starts about a new general, uh, a Zod book that's coming next week. So I wanted to kind of make sure that put that out if anybody's interested in that. Yeah, Zod's going to have a DC book, folks. Was it going to be in it? Who knows? But it says it's going to be brutal. Regardless, um, Ali gets a new suit and a new car. Uh, because of the what's been going on in the last, uh, the last arc of the uh, stuff. So after the Justice League was lost in time or got killed or whatever the hell happened back then, uh, Ali didn't exactly come back with them. 
Uh, in fact, he got shunted off to something else, and that was the the, the last six issues kind of dealt with. So now he's back and found out that the Justice League are have disbanded and that the Titans have ta- uh, to, uh, taken over those duties. And uh, he just kind of been going around in this issue trying to figure out, well, why did that happen? Or, you know, well, you know what happened? Why happened? Basically, kind of situation. Um, and we also find out that Ollie kind of does a thing that Batman would have done uh, that would probably is going to end up in trouble and will probably end up uh, getting uh, him revisiting, uh, which Batman does show up and to kind of talk to him in there, but they may end up uh, uh, linking back up again based on something that happens here. And at the end of the issue, we get a... Um, we get a villain that is apparently a, a, a Green Arrow villain that um, one Craig, excuse me, one Kevin Smith made up for uh, his book that has shown up uh, here and there that only speaks in sound effects, basically. You will probably know who I'm talking about with that. Uh, what will they have to do with this book? Guess we'll find out next issue, but probably won't be good for our, for Ollie. And that, folks, is it for me. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Um, I don't know if I just. I think don't... I'm. I think I'm going to uh, piggyback okay. yours because I'm going to go with Avengers Inc. Number Four. Huh. I've actually hadn't landed on that yet, but um, <laughs> cool. Um. All right, all right, so only that, because I think that's probably the most fun I had reading a book this week hmm. because everything else, you know, like I really liked Sensational She-Hulk number three until I saw the name of the villain and I was like, Ugh. um, you know, timeless, eh, you know, and everything else was kind of meh this week for me. So I'm down with Avengers Inc. number four. Right. Yeah, I mean, timeless is what it normally is. Like, even if even if it is a different set of writers, it's still pretty much, hey, this is what we're we're going to be dealing with in the next year, type stuff. So, you just get a whole lot of stuff that you're just curious about and don't know when it's going to pick up. Well, some of it we do definitely know it's going to pick up, but um, the little ones that's not. So for myself, I'm actually teetering between Avengers Inc. number four and Duke number one or five, believe it or not. Um, like I said, this, this version of Duke seems slightly different from, you know, from the pages of Real American Hero and probably the other IDW stuff, but not actually far off. Because, I mean, they, they don't really go that far away from his general characterization, you know? Like, hey, mm-hmm. he, you know, uh, he sees something wrong. He's gonna get in. He's gonna jump into the shit. You know, the only wrinkle they have here is like, yeah, he's kind of denied promotions, which sounds like a, a thing Duke, uh, Duke would do. You know, so that they could stay kind of within, you know, with the grunts, or, so to speak, or whatever, what, uh, whatnot. But and to kind of mention that here, um, but yeah, She Hulk was also okay. Um, uh, yeah, you know what? Since um, Agent. 70 covered the ground that I probably would have done if he had not mentioned it. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Duke number one. Of five, there it is. Folks, and that is um, our clicks of the week. Uh, can we get an ad read? 
All right, our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronto, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink de delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. So place your first order with $20 off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Oh, God, I'm really going to hate editing this one. Uh, cinematic news, folks. <laughs> cinematic news. This is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the news for the rest of the old year. Um, not, not really, but anyway. Uh, we start off with some... Aquaman this is what we get for trying to start early. Uh, yeah, kind of, but not really. Go on. Um, Chris, the Christmas box office for Aquaman 2 came in for the opening weekend. Um, a, some would say, paltry $40 million debut, uh, which, I, as some have um, mentioned online, is less than the Marvels. In fact, $7 million less than the Marvels opening weekend. So, and I believe, according to the article, makes it the the fourth. Um, actually, this article also mentions the, the Marvel's forty-seven million. But yeah, um, yeah. Regardless, well, according to this says it says um, debuted twenty-eight million over the weekend and estimated forty million throughout the four-day holiday weekend. There you go. So there was that. Then they mentioned some other movies, including the Iron Claw movie, which I keep hearing things about. And then it goes into um, the, the Marvels. So, yeah, it says here that um, according to this article from Variety, it's shaping up to be the fourth of four DC movies this year to crumble at the box office. And they mentioned Flash, uh, Shazam and Blue Beetle. Mm -hmm. So, which, uh, yeah, there is there is that. But Hey, guess what? Aquaman is the end of the DCU as we know it until whatever that gun thing happens. So, whoa. Next up. So, James Gunn announced or confirmed a key detail for Lex Luthor's look in Superman Legacy, which is James Gunn's movie. And basically, not a real spoiler, but Nicholas Holt, who's going to be portraying Lex Luthor, is going to be at least bald at some point in this story. Right, because I'm trying pretty much to, it. Yeah, because I don't think they got around to that with the Jesse Eisenberg uh, version. No, they did. They did. Or they well, did. I thought that was Not like they... a um, I thought that was like a deleted scene or something. I thought they, I, I thought he was bald when they they finally got to like Justice League. No, I don't recall that, or maybe that's maybe where. Am I misremembering? 
I don't know. Either way, it doesn't matter because all that stuff's in the wind anyway. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. But of course, hey, you know what? Lex Luthor is bald. He's going to be bald here. So that's that's the um, that's the takeaway. And I get, some would say that should have been a no duh, but at, at the same time, you know what? We don't know what they're doing with stuff these days. So right. Can't. Next up, um. Uh, Agents of Shields Natalia Cordova Buckley addresses potential MCU return as Yo-Yo. Um, and I guess uh, she was speaking with comicbookmovie.com uh, who, and said that uh, she, Oh, she's explained how she doesn't want to be tied down to a major comic book franchise at this stage in her life, finding more interest in less restrictive indie films, which you know, some would argue, I mean, yes, you know, say what you want about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'd love it. I can't, wouldn't necessarily call it a major, but hey, uh, quote, Mm -hmm. I'm completely satisfied. Yo-Yo is, you know, I choke up every time I talk about Yo-Yo. She is profoundly special to me as a person and as an artist. I I got the perfect role at the perfect time with her. She built me up and being a part of such a huge franchise like Marvel, uh, my grandfather was a huge comic book fan, and all the way da 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 da. It was the beginning of my career in the United States. So basically, hey, you know, she's sounds like she's over it. She she did that, been there, done that, and now she's over it. I like that character. She was cool. Uh, anyway, next up. All right. So apparently, no one at Marvel really wanted Joss Whedon to create the series Agents of Shield. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Shots fired, yo. I mean, well, seriously. Well, for the reason, though. But, yeah. <laughs> it's still a, still a, still stings. Right. I mean, you know, okay. I liked Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at first, but, mm-hmm. you know, that was it. I liked it. Well, so, also, so, so to, just to get into why is because they knew that Marvel knew that they were going to uh, kill off S.H.I.E.L.D. in, in, um, in, um, uh, Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. or so, but they were basically like, "Hey, we're going to do this regardless, so you can you can go ahead and do it, but we we're going to do this." That's that was the only reason why that is coming about, right? So, yeah, I liked Agents of Shield too. Like, it, I, I think I watched like the first four seasons, and it was still pretty good. But you can also see it was like, yeah, they're totally going away from. You know mm-hmm. the attachment they had to the movies, so um, I I've, every now and then I said I'm going to finish up that series just to see where where they went to. Anyway, next up, um, Marvel Studios reportedly is developing a Disney Plus series focused on UK hero uh, superheroes. Um, so uh, I said on Twitter when I saw this article, hey. Do a Faiza Hussein because I would love to see uh uh some excuse me Doctor Faiza Hussein. Um, I would love to see a show about that character because I enjoy that I like that character. But this article mentions a um, you know, Kit Harrington's Dane Whitman could potentially show up here um uh, as the Black Knight in this. And then they mention um the Sonya Fallsworth character from Secret Invasion and also um um. Amelia Clark's character, um, Gaia. Yes, Gaia. Uh, and uh, according to this article, uh, apparently Russell T. Davies, who was the showrunner for 
Doctor Who, uh, was apparently asked to to do the show, to develop the show. Um, and it says here, quote, uh, I got asked to show run a British Marvel TV show, the show, but they said, we can't tell you what it is. Um, he says to, to this day, I watched them and I can't work out which show that was going to be. Uh, obviously planning to make a British Marvel show, uh, Marvel show that I haven't seen. Has that happened? So yeah, go figure. So again, this is a report, which means rumor, which means, and you know, who's to say if this is ever actually going to happen next up. All right. Amazon has started notifying prime video subscribers that they have to pay extra if they do not want their viewing experience interrupted by commercials. I haven't gotten this uh, email yet, but I probably will. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, the email says it will start showing limited advertisements with its services, movies, and shows starting on January 29th. Those who want to keep their accounts ad-free will have to pay an extra fee of $3 a month on top of their Prime membership or their standalone $9 a month Prime video membership. So I guess I need to finish watching Reacher before January 29th. I think will come out. Reacher Season 2 will come out and finish before that. Yeah, but as Agent Seventy uh, said before the show, like we're we're on the hook. Most most yeah. of the people who got Prime are on the hook, so they're going to pay it. Well, we're going to pay it regardless. Right. I mean, if they're not big Prime Video people, then maybe they won't. Like, yeah. I'm not the biggest Prime Video person, but I'm a Prime person. Right. So I'm going to end up being a Prime Video person, maybe with commercials. We'll see if I get annoyed. You know. Which, as I recall, I mean, they got Freebie, so Freebie, Freebie is pretty much Prime Video with commercials. Um, if if anybody's uh, deal with that, so you kind of already get a get a sense of that. And I don't recall them being that terribly bad, even though I'm a Prime member. So I don't know. I don't. It could be because of that that I'm not seeing that many of them. Right. Uh, even though I have, you know, not signed into Amazon to watch Freebie uh, a couple of times. I have definitely seen them, but I don't remember them being all that intrusive. But if it's anything like these other streaming services, it probably will be like three or four per hour or something. Regardless, it's three dollars extra um, on top of what it, whatever the standalone thing is now. And boy, oh boy, they're just going to keep doing this. <clears throat> Speaking of uh, streaming services, uh, Warner Brothers acquires. Um, I told the age of 70 about this prior to the show. Acquires another streaming service. It's This one's called Blue TV, and it's from Turkey. Which also reminds me of Turkey TV, which I think was an old Nick Nickelodeon show, or, or, or an MTV, one of the two. I don't remember. Regardless, I, for some strange reason, remember that show. Um, I should probably put that in if that's what I'm thinking about. Yes, it is. I'm going to put that in the, the, that part. So, what are they doing here? Um, we don't know. Warner Brothers Discovery, I don't think they know what the hell they're doing, but according to this, they're a 35% shareholder in the company. Um, so I, I assume they have some con- content over there. Um, and I guess this is serving that market. What is it doing for us over here in the States? Don't know. Don't know. Or we'll, we'll come back over here. I don't know. Anyway, next up. Next up, well, I guess we are in Anime Corner. Mm-hmm. So let's see. 
And actually, let me put this in here while you're looking at that one. The official website for the Detective Conan uh, anime has have been has been updated with a new trailer and new visual for the 27th movie of the franchise, Detective Conan. The Million Dollar Signpost is set to release in Japan on April 12th, 2024. So is Andy Richter there too? Oh, no. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) Just boo. Um, Oh, wait, I do have it in there. What about the masturbating bear? (laughs) I actually have seen Triumph Insult Comic recently. Yes, want me to poop on? Yeah, he, uh, uh, I think it was on The View, actually, and you know, dries over. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's that. Next up, um, High Card Season 2 new trailer released. Yes, we did talk about this when we talked about the winter season, uh, the uh, Crunchyroll announces the winter season. I'm actually slightly curious about this show because it's poker-themed, not probably different from Keka, uh, Kekaguri, but regardless. Um, and now that I have my, my Crunchyroll uh, subscription kind of back in order for the time being, I might end up checking this out if I get caught up with uh, other things that we were about to talk about in a couple of minutes. Next up. So Digimon <clears throat> has announced its 25th anniversary celebration plans. So uh for 2024, Digimon took to social media at the end here at the end of 2023 to reveal the logo for Digimon's 25th anniversary with the following announcement, teasing some big plans in 2024. Quote, Digimon Animation Series will celebrate its 25th anniversary on March 6, 2024, and the anniversary logo has been unveiled. Okay. So to kick off the anniversary, an online event, uh, Digimon Con 2024 will be held for Digimon fans all over the world. Okay, good for you guys. Digimon are the champion. Um, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 3 officially announced. Uh, the arc is going to be called the Culling Game arc. I believe the last one was called the Shibuya arc. I, um, the Shibuya incident. Yeah. Excuse me, this is Shibuya incident. Um, so the, uh, the announcement was made just after the final episode of season two in Japan, which means it was a, a couple of days ago or yesterday. What's yeah, that? It, no, it's, it's not the, uh, which one call it? Oh, was that uh, yeah. The final episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just dropped, uh, yeah. yesterday. yesterday. Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. So, yes, yes, yes. um, so yeah, so this is uh fresh off the press. Um, like I said, I haven't caught up yet, but I will be next up. Yeah, um, Spy X Family or Spy Family Code White movie, Code White movie earns over 1.2 billion yen in the first three days. So, uh, let's see. The film was released in 433 theaters in Japan nationwide and sold just over 8.59 million dollars in ticket sales. So, hopefully, we will see this movie in the states very soon. Hopefully, hopefully, and probably likely on Crunchyroll. Not a not a sponsor, just saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, it says here that uh, Crunchyroll released an English sub trailer 
and key visual art for it. So that's pretty much assured. Let's hope. I know that's what it says here. Yeah. Is, yeah, uh, just in terms of the date, though. Well, know? yeah, we don't have a date, but it's definitely saying that it's it's it's, it's going to have the movie, though. Yeah, hopefully it's not too far. Yeah. Actually, wait. Do we have any um, My Hero Academia stories in the upcoming uh, manga section? No. All no. right. I just want to add, as we go into the manga section, I'm going to hit a transition and uh, play something. <clears throat> from my hero academia because i am only one two three four five six chapters left before i am absolutely positively caught up on the manga so over the hall over the christmas holiday i did some traveling and while I was um, traveling, I had a chance to crack my iPad open, download, make sure I downloaded some some issues because it's annoying that you can't just download the whole run on your uh, on your device. You know, they only limit you to a certain number and for a certain amount of time. But what are you going to do? Right. Library uh, rules. Yeah. Say again. Library rules. Got it. Exactly. Exactly. So ultimately, you know, the Shonen Jump app uh, has proven to be very useful for me because as soon as I am up to date on my hero, I'm going to jump over to Haikyuu and just read that all the way through. And then after that, I'm probably going to read Jujutsu Kaisen. And Demon, I know Demon Slayer is not that long, so maybe I'll I'll add that as a as a as a story to read also. And if you're keeping track, folks, of the Haikyuu count, yes, Agent 70 was actually watching uh, uh, an episode of the show before we recorded this before this episode. Just for fun, because I miss volleyball. The holidays <laughs> mean that, you know, that uh, league volleyball is on hold during the holidays. So, you know, no games, no scrimmages, no open plays, no nothing. So if you didn't kind think you were going to get your high key reference this episode, no brothers and sisters and, and folks, you're definitely going to. Uh, I mean, means... there you go. Indeed. Uh, and I'm now this close to buying a Figma high key <clears throat> figure for a lot of money just to put on my shelf. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the next logical step, honestly. Um, I'm, you know, I'm like trying to undergo some retail therapy. I'm just like. I have been putting this off. I've been putting this off. I should be tracking prices on this. I've been putting this off, you know? Yes, but the stuff we've talked about in said retail therapy kind of has a range, with, especially right. with what you just said. That's a hell of a range. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but this is, you know, like this Figma character, you know, like, you know, Figmas are expensive and, and it's annoyingly so. So Yeah, but not as expensive as the other thing we talked about. But regardless. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. So, anywho's, uh, Kakigiri, the the aforementioned Kakigiri, uh, compulsive gambler manga, goes on hiatus for a few months because of, I believe, this has something to do with the manga card needing to take a break. Um, let's see, January twenty twenty fourth issues of Square Enix's uh, Gangan Joker magazine announced on twenty twenty first that the writer uh, Humura Kawamoto and artist uh, Taruma Naruma now excuse me Naomura uh, Karaguri. Uh, I'm putting that together, folks. Uh, compulsive Gambler manga will go on hiatus for a few months because, like I said, uh, to prepare and retard for the manga's new development. The So basically, 
kind of what I said anyway. The manga will celebrate its 10th anniversary in 2024. So I had heard about the anime version of this, and I know then some people are kind of mixed on it, um, but, uh, but I've actually heard some people that like it. So it is what it is on that. It's a, it's a curiosity, but not as much of a curiosity as that high card one that uh, that we spoke of earlier, which is slightly similar, being gambling focused. So, will I check it out? Probably at some point, but after I get caught up on some things. Next up, all right, Bandai Namco Entertainment began streaming the opening movie for Spy X Anya or Spy Anya Operation Memories, a new game based on the Spy Family anime. So the game launched for Nintendo Switch in Japan earlier on December 21st. The game will then launch for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 in 2024. The PlayStation 4 version will be digital only. The game will launch in the West in 2024 for Switch, PS5, PS4, and PC. Okay, so this is like a daily life sim game. Players control Anya with the goal of completing a photo diary for homework and go gah! Or or a little bit of waka waka. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe take Bonda for a walk. All right. Yes. Actually, I believe that is the, that is part of the case. Um, yep. If I'm not mistaken. All right. Now we get into some toy corner news. All right. Uh, I don't know if I have. You probably uh, but... a drop for that. I mean, you know what? At the end of the day, it's always going to be this one. Oh, uh, what's in the box? Sure, that works. McFarlane Toys launches the new adventures of Batman retro figures. So there have been nothing but announcements upon announcements upon announcements from McFarlane Toys about the stuff that we've talked about actually, um, <clears throat> but not this. So if you're watching the video version, you can see um, the wave here, which includes. A um a Batman a Robin, a Batgirl, um uh Commissioner Gordon. All of this is in the style of uh Batman sixty six, but also the new adventures of Batman from nineteen seventy seven, which is pretty much taken from off there, but uh probably a little bit more serious. Um Joker and a uh Riddler uh in this whole set. And uh six inch figures, McFarland Toys, the prices for our uh uh excuse me, uh each figure is uh seventeen ninety nine a piece, um, and it looks like the I guess pre-orders are out uh, as we speak from places. Next up, I was about to say further down in the article they mentioned that there is a Batman eighty nine a bat uh, Batman figure and Batmobile available for seventy five bucks. Wait, I thought we talked Amazon. about that. Yeah, no, but apparently it's sold out and been restocked a couple of times. Mm. Like, wait, it's actually kind of cool looking. <laughs> uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see said figure um, that, that Agent 7 is talking about in that article. And yes, it does look fucking, fucking kind of weird. That's rad. pretty cool looking. <laughs> and, and, and... Like the biggest Batman 89 person, but that's really cool. And that's not a bad price for like a uh, a figure and a in a vehicle mm-hmm. like a, a, a decently sized vehicle too you know correct me if i'm wrong you have that one or you have the tumbler no 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 i have the animated series Batman. yes Steel. okay which is not that you know it's not this but it's not that far oh no, it's a lot bigger than this because right. it's both a batman and a robin this right. is like a single seat this is a 
this is like a a, a a budget version because this is like a single seater, right? Probably right, mine is like a, a a a dual seater has got like headlights and stuff. It's actually pretty cool, right? So yeah, that is actually pretty cool. I actually didn't see that because uh, I didn't look that far down, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I just happened to scroll down the article. Um, so, but yeah. um, anyway, next up uh, in comic book news. Green Arrow gets an epic new costume and vehicle in issue number seven. So he's gotten some upgrades. And uh, these are spoilers for this issue uh, by Joshua Williamson and Sean Isaacs. Uh, So, oh, my goodness, there's a. Yeah, actually, I should should have probably taken this over um, out of here because that is exactly the issue that I was talking about earlier. But uh, oh, that's kind of funny. That's that that's a that's an amusing looking vehicle, right? But still, yeah. Yeah, the fact that spoiler alert, it's actually not green makes me laugh. <laughs> right. So yeah, that that was a um. So uh, they, yeah, that was an interesting issue. Actually, it was yeah. It wasn't. It was close to being a potential click of the week for me because it was like, okay, I, I see what they're doing with here with this. But at the same time, I was like, eh, yeah, it is what it is. Um. So anyway, next up, though, speaking of uh, Green Arrow, um, actually, I think I think this is also still, or maybe not. Uh, no, no, no. This is from uh, something coming up. But yeah, uh, Deal of a Lifetime, when Justice League Hero is about to portray his team with a major DC villain. In fact, I think some of this is actually going to be leading from uh, that Green Arrow series, because I do remember what's going on, the, the other side note that's going on in this, in that series, as I'm reading it. Um, and I don't, well, say what you will about Amanda Waller. I don't know if I would call her a villain, but she definitely has played fast and loose with the law. Right. So, but yes, he's going to end up teaming up with Amanda Waller, and I have a, I think I know why, but I'm not going to give it away, even though it's a spoiler from, well, one, it's a spoiler for something that's coming up, but something that's kind of been teased in issue six of Green Arrow that, uh, that it comes across that I was surprised that didn't get actually, uh, mentioned, um, in this one, but I, in, in seven, which just came out. But like I said, I suspect that's going to lead up to that. And if you're watching the video version, you can see um, what I assume to be either the cover or a variant cover uh, that looks to be the cover of uh, uh, Green Arrow number nine with um, oh, Ollie and Amanda Waller shaking hands in front of a burning Hall of Justice. So I guess meanwhile at the Hall of Justice, it burns down. Mm-mm. Yeah. In who's next up? Green Lantern lore changes forever with one animated character's comic debut. So Razor, a character that debuted in Green Lantern, the animated series, will make his debut in the DC Universe, hopefully to resolve a dormant cliffhanger. Okay. So this is in Green Lantern number six. Um, I don't know when this came out because it says spoilers for Green Lantern number six. I think that's last week. Okay, last week it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been trying to be catching up with that book actually. Um, DC's new Dark Knight Returns reference makes Frank Miller's Batman darker than ever, and this is spoilers for Batman One Forty. 
which Agent Seventy. Did you read this or not? Or did I think mm-hmm. it was, that might have been from this weekend. You probably didn't read it. I don't know. No, Batman number one four. No, it was last week. I think it was last week. So you did read it though. No, I didn't read it. You did. Sorry. Okay. Well, no, that's fine because I know you would have. You possibly would have read it. Um, out of the two of us. But regardless, so yeah, I guess uh, in that issue, there was a reference to Frank Miller's Batman from the Dark Knight and uh, Batman's trying to get his mind back man together uh, against uh, NR clones, according to this thing. So, sure. Okay, next up. Okay. Uh, Harley Quinn debuts her ultimate power. Um, Goodness. Yeah, spoiler alert, it's not that it's not surprising what it is. I just haven't opened, I'm, I'm working on opening the article because uh, I, I was looking at the summary, I was like, ooh. Right. Um, so in Harley Quinn, black and white and redder, Harley's power level is way above any other DC character because she knows she's a DC character. Okay. Uh, so she's a meta character. She has a meta superpower, very Deadpool. Right. So... Also, shout out to screen, uh, you know, screen wrap for these summaries because, yeah, that that even though you're still doing a, <laughs> a a wall of paragraphs to get to the point, I, I do enjoy these uh these uh these summaries. So good on you. Um, the end of the X Men's Krakoa era begins in the fall of House, the fall of the House of X number one. Which and uh, shout out to Tim, our boy Tim, who uh, comes with us with a preview of uh follow the house of x number one um that uh yeah wait when is this coming out i'm just gonna scroll past all of that let's see if we can get a date scroll past back all of that um i don't see where we have a date for this oh here we go uh january 3rd so next week and if you're curious about what's going to happen in that, hey, you can read the preview or wait till we talk about it next week because we probably will. Next up. Oh, look at that. So, wait. So, oh, okay. No, 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 no. So, Fall of the House of X number one is out next week? Yeah. Nice. Because I did see that. I think that was one of the reasons why I mentioned that it's about to start mm-hmm. in the new year because of the way the, the checklist reads and the way the. Um, Whatchamacallit, the uh, the story's kind of not necessarily wrapped up, but right. definitely led to, you know, like kind of bigger things and resolutions in Immortal and X Force this week. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up, Marvel sets up the new Ghost Rider in the latest issue. So the road to hell is, of course, always paved with good intentions. Um, but they talk about uh, in this, I did skim this week's Ghost Rider. Written by Benjamin Percy and penciled by Carlos Nieto. It's the end of an era and the beginning of a new one. Percy wraps up Ghost Rider volume number 10 and sets the stage for Ghost Rider Final Vengeance number one. So, we, we you know, we're not 100% sure who the next Ghost Rider will be. So, but they, they're talking about uh, Johnny Blaze finally uh, uh, kind of holding on, you know, like uh, handing it off. Right, again. Mm-hmm. so yeah um it's a little bit spoiler territory in the next couple of uh stories uh but uh and but i know agent 70 is going to be happy about the one he's about to read 
a major Marvel villain is replacing Doctor Strange as the Sorcerer Supreme. Um, this is from the pages of Timeless to number one. Um, you know, I feel like it, this is not a big surprise. Again? Right, again. Right, right, exactly. Because I feel like recent issues of Doctor Strange, much, much less the fact that I think this has happened before, um, right. kind of telegraphed this in, in a way. So, not surprising. Uh, but if you want to know who it is, and it's not Loki this time, by the way, but if you if you want to know who it is, hey, you can read the article for yourself, or hey, check out Thomas Lumber One if you want to. Right, flip through it, you'll see what we, you know, you'll see what they're referencing. Mm-hmm. Next up, from also from Timeless, uh, Marvel teases the return of a Guardian of the Galaxy. So, a former member of the Guardians of the Galaxy is primed for a larger role in the Marvel Universe. For fans curious. As to what Marvel has planned, check out Timeless Number One. And uh, you wanna you wanna talk about who that person is? Although I feel like I don't remember this. I, well, I do remember, and I don't remember this person being a guardian, like a guardian adjacent, definitely. But I don't recall them being a full fledged member. Maybe of the 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 um the rebooted version, obviously, but you know. But I don't recall. Oh, is that what they're referencing? I wasn't sure. I was just like, wait a second. I don't remember seeing that. But, oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yep. Oh, he's a member. He's a member. Yeah. You know, uh, in the Abnet Landing. Yeah. Okay. Wait, really? Oh, when they, because I know they changed the team a couple of times during that, during that run. Yep. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, so which goes to back to what I was, what I said. So, okay, cool. Um, Man, I wish we could have re- revisited that. Anyway, I know H seventy is happy about that. <laughs> and you know what? Because the Nova Core is what it is in the MCU, right? Mm-hmm. They need to kind of give them a boost because they're a joke. You well, know, yeah, in their current form. Because it's pretty much still just him, right? Or did they actually kind of... Ever, they never introduced him. Well, no, no, no. I meant uh, Xandar's been Xandar's been destroyed. Remember? Right. Yeah. So, so in the wake of that, that seems like a good time to try to introduce like the Nova, like the reclamation of the Nova Core. You know? Yeah, but I was, but I meant in like the books. Mm, I see. Yeah. So, but regardless, yeah, in the books. He's in. He's he's he was uh, injured in the fight for Arako. Right, but I think it's just still him. Is there is there is no Nova Core at this point, right? Right, that's my understanding. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, yeah. So no problem. Uh, last but not least, uh, apparently, according to Joshua Williamson, Robert uh, Kirkman was planning the the Transformers reboot uh, surprise years before anyone expected. So, um, so I guess the the reveal in Void Rivals that uh, the Transformers universe was uh, was a thing uh, is what we're talking about here. Um, here's a quote uh, I remember from Joshua Williamson. I remember at one point in that conversation, Sean was like, "Oh wait, hold on." Oh, this was talking with uh, Skybound's Shan, uh, Sean Mekowitz about the potential for working with uh, Hethro five or six years ago uh, uh, with Skybound. 
and uh, it says here that uh, I remember at one point in that conversation, Sean was like, Robert had this idea for, of uh, doing a creator-owned book, and then the last page is a twist. Oh, there's Transformers. And I was like, dude, I love that. That's so crazy. You should do that. And then we never talked about it again. And it happened, because that's Void Rifles. So, funny how things work out, huh? <laughs> Although it wasn't at the end of the book, it was in the middle of the book, and it was just kind of like, hey, this happened, pyong. <laughs> So that was the funny part about that issue. It was like, oh, okay, sure. Uh, regardless, um, oh, and apparently um, Joshua Williams thought it was going to be Firepower, which is the other uh, Kirkman book that the uh, creator owned. Um, and I guess he kept thinking that every time, every other time that Kirkman brought out a creator-owned book, thinking that was it. But like I said, we know what it is now. Um, yeah, there you go. And that, folks. Oh, check this out for later. Uh, that, folks, is the end of the um, news section for us. Can we get one last ad read? Our last ad read of the night, and the last ad read for 2023 is: Help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today! Folks, we've come to another, uh, uh, the end of another fine episode, and... The end of the the episode uh, account for this year, folks. This is the last episode of 2023. We will definitely um, be back in 2024 loud and proud and strong and all that kind of good jazz. And hopefully um, audio issue free. Um, We can only hope. Well, everything. The gremlins jumped up and bit us today. They really, really, really did. I'm like, wait, I didn't change anything. So what happened? Regardless, that's a little behind the scenes that no one needs to care about. Uh, But, folks, I have been Rodicat. This uh, you can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsnet Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram and Threads. Excuse me. Can't forget the Threads. Yep. Um, PC and underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenet dot and popculturenet dot com. It's all the zombie sites they're in. And last but never ever ever least, Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Combo Chronicles, Chronicles Twitter account, uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N, the Click Nation dot com, and most and foremost, he is over at comicbook.com, writing his face off. Uh, some of his uh, articles were in the show, like I said earlier. So yeah, go check go check man's out. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the coast of the podcast network, that's ESPN.us. Do it today. Uh, which actually the um, the auto version is out there for your perusal of this of the last show which we did on uh, New Year's Eve uh, excuse me uh, Christmas Eve Eve um, and I think they put it out a couple of days ago so yeah that should be out there by the time you uh, you hear this I guess um, mm-hmm. but like I said uh, 
Also, you can check this out on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Oh, dear. And I've just seen something else that, that happened that should have happened. That's oh, bother. Sucks. Okay. Just give me more work. Why don't you OBS? Thanks. Um, guess what, folks? Usually you can find us streaming every Thursday night, mostly. Um, mostly. On the uh, YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation. And twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us positive reviews. And hit that notification button so you know when we are on live. Yes. Um, yeah, so last show of the year. I hope you all have a wonderful new year. Uh, new Year's Eve and all that jazz. Absolutely. Um, happy New Year. Safe and happy New Year. And come on, folks. You know, we always, you know, we've been playing a particular sound effect. And I'm wondering where I put mine uh, for <laughs> a particular occasion. Yeah. And I'm wondering why I can't find it. Yeah, and my sound uh, sound uh, board thing, uh, I need to put that back on because it's one of the things I didn't. Otherwise, I would have also had that. Yeah, I'm looking around. I'm like, what did I do with it? Oh, no. Why can't I find it? Well, you know what? We can always just do it live. Merry New Year! <laughs> there you go. Yes, folks. Uh, looks like, Have a happy uh, New Year. Kick the 2023 out with a bang. If you have your, your New Year's rituals, go, you know, go for them. Just don't eat too much, you know, whatnot. Or if you're just chilling, that's okay, too. Yep. <laughs> and with that, this has been the Comic Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. Almost over, y'all. Chibber. I really stand. Uh, uh, uh. Nice out, out.